it's nice to have you tuned in to us today. My name is Jamie Fournier, your host for VXI Conversations Season 2. In the previous episode, we talked about creating a standout resume and acing an interview. For today, we'll be tackling a few more items that will help you become more well-equipped during your job interview. Filipinos are known to be fluent English speakers, despite it not being our first language. This gives our country an advantage over other countries, helping us attract foreign investors to set up shop here and bring in new jobs. But studies have shown that our English communication skills is dying a slow death. And so we invited BPO experts to teach us how to speak English with confidence for today. Let's welcome to the show a welcome repeat guesting, Marina Orbea Lopez and Marissa Guevara. Hi, Bea. Hi, Marissa. Hi. Hi. I love the smiles. It's so nice to have you back on the podcast. Before anything else, in case we have first-time viewers and listeners out there, may I ask you to introduce yourselves and talk about your experience in the BPO industry and especially in VXI Philippines. Let's start off with Marissa. All right. Hi, everybody. Yeah, my name is Marissa Guevara. I joined VXI Talent Acquisition Department back in 2019, and my current role is an officer in the language team. Lovely. Thank you, Marissa. What about you, Bea? Hey, everyone. It's me again, Bea Lopez. And I'm also part of the talent acquisition department. And I've been in the language team for more than one year already. It's nice to see you guys again. It's so nice to see you as well, Bea and Marissa. And I love the energy. I'm so excited to get to know what your experience is in really bringing up that level of confidence in English and speaking in English, because that's a big part of a BPO job. So let's pick their brains now, guys. Allow me to ask a few questions for Marissa and Bea to understand how they can help us become more confident in speaking in English. Let's go back in time first. Now, when you were first trying out for your first BPO job, what was it like? And were you always this confident when speaking in English, Marissa? Okay, um, no. Absolutely not. That first time of applying for a job in the BPO industry was a time of intense anxiety. Like, you know, I still remember feeling so tensed and so nervous. And up until now, I still don't know how I made it through the day. (laughs) So yeah, if you're going to ask me what helped me develop my confidence, well, when I look back, I could say that practice, preparation, support from family and friends, and and of course, the guidance of my mentors and leaders were what helped me get from that point to this point. But um, I'm not saying that I'm totally confident now because I'm not. You know, I still feel nervous. I still struggle. But I could very well claim or say that there has been an improvement from that time to, to now. I love that. Practice, practice, practice. Mentors and coaches and trainers are out there to guide you as well. And the support of your family and friends. I love that. Thank you, Marissa. And you know what? There's always room for improvement. So thank you for pointing that out as well. If you think you're perfect already, then you won't be able to improve as a speaker. So that's a great point. Uh, What about you, Bea? Were you always this engaging and confident when it comes to the English language? 
Well, the answer is no, just like Marissa. Well, I was never confident with my skills in using uh, the English language. I was always shy. <laughs> and I know it's not obvious right now because I'm currently here doing a podcast with you guys. But speaking, uh, but one of the reasons I was not confident is that whenever I speak the language, there are some people who would actually do smart shame as a joke and would tell me that their nose is bleeding or there could be some chances that they'll call me I'm really ma'arte and sometimes that kind of hurts and there could also be times that I'm intimidated of the native speakers or those who are really fluent because I tend to think that they might correct my grammar or maybe they wouldn't be able to understand what I was actually trying to say and then I realized that these uh, kinds of situations is actually my advantage. Yeah, I'm currently in an advantage uh, because I can speak the language. And if I'm not going to use this, if I'm going to get affected by these stuff and think negatively, then I'm going to lose the chance to be bilingual, right? So now I tend to enjoy and embrace the language. And of course, I'm always open to feedback and correction because I know that it's going to improve uh, my skills, which can definitely increase my confidence. I love that. It's a matter of perspective and seeing it in a different way. It's a way for you to receive constructive feedback and criticism for you to become a better speaker. Thank you for that, Bea. Now, earlier, Marissa mentioned, and even Bea mentioned it during her answer, that there are people out there who help you and who guide you and who really just encourage you to become better speakers. You mentioned mentors earlier, Marissa. So let's zoom in on that. Is there someone in your life, Marissa, who helped you gain confidence to speak in English? Actually, there are many people in my life who helped me gain confidence in speaking the language. First would be my family and friends. They helped me gain the confidence to speak in English because you know, there were no judging looks nor snide comments whenever I commit obvious mistakes in the language. My colleagues from VXI also helped me a lot because of their support and their trust and their confidence in me. So it's like their confidence is making me confident as well. I love that. I love that. Such a supportive system you have in BXIPH. Now, what about you, Bea? Is there a mentor in your professional career that has helped you become this greatest speaker? Well, yes. Um, there's a lot of people that actually helped me gain confidence, such as my family, my friends. But I think I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. So I would first like to thank my team, the VXI language team. Hey, team. <laughs> Um, or the lead team. So for giving me a chance to prove myself that I can speak the language and I can use it to help people. So this thing made me believe that even if you don't have the perfect use of the English language, as long as you have the positive attitude to learn and the willingness to accept feedback, then you are going to improve and gain confidence. So thank you, team. Let's go. <laughs> 
That is so true. Having a great support system within VXI Philippines is such a big factor because it makes you feel more confident and comfortable in speaking the language as well. You mentioned smart shaming earlier, Bea, and I know that does not exist in this great community because I've heard it time and time again in VXI PH, you support each other's growth. So that is wonderful to hear. Even when it comes to being a fluent and confident communicator, that's something that is encouraged in this community. And speaking of being a confident and fluent communicator, a lot of individuals might wonder, you know, okay, we need this in the BPO industry, but aside from it being a requirement for the job in the BPO industry, what is the importance of being a confident and fluent communicator in English anyway? Marissa? Well, it's very important because it is your ladder to success. Because you see, from confidence comes eloquence. And then from eloquence comes persuasiveness. And then from persuasiveness comes success. Like, you know, there was this great Canadian psychologist who said that if you are eloquent and able to articulate your point each time, then the world is in your hand. And if we look back in history, uh, one is bound to really see that the prominent figures in history are usually the eloquent ones, uh, such as Winston Churchill. John F. Kennedy, yeah. um, who else? Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King. King. Yeah. yeah. The list could go on. Mm-hmm. Let's go through that process once again. I want to emphasize what you said because it's so powerful. From what point leads to eloquence again? What was that? Confidence to eloquence, eloquence to persuasiveness, and persuasiveness to success. Did I get right? Yeah. Did- I got yes, that right? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to remember that because again, it's so powerful and it's so true. If you take a look at the leaders who had such a big impact on so many individuals out there, it is the leaders or they are the leaders who are really persuasive and are able to communicate well. And that's something you can use beyond the BPO industry, right, Marissa? So thank you so much for sharing that. I learned something new today as well. Now, what about you, Bea? Do you have anything to add to that? Aside from being a great communicator in English, being useful in the BPO industry, what else could it have use for beyond the BPO industry? Well, I think it could be useful in our everyday lives in terms of expressing ourselves or communicating what's on our minds. And I believe that without any confidence in using the English language, mental block or overthinking can occur to the point that it may lead to struggles in using the English language where they can have like lots of feelings, yeah? Or they might talk too fast or might talk too slow or even worse, turn into silence, right? So the reason for this might be because they are contemplating on how to communicate their ideas without being judged. And I've been there. And back then... I was very, very conscious about my grammar. And then I realized that it's okay uh, to sometimes have some errors because the English language is not even my mother tongue. So what matters most is to learn something from that situation and try our best to not be in that situation again. So practice could be one of the keys uh, for us to improve and gain some confidence. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. Because now I want to know pragmatic, practical tips on how our listeners and viewers out there can improve their confidence when speaking English. I mean, 
I echo what Marissa and Bea have shared. Practice, practice, practice. Because the more you speak the language, the better you can become at it. And also openness to feedback. As Bea mentioned, this isn't our first language. But if we take a step back and take a look at it from a different perspective, being in situations that will allow us to improve ourselves is great as well. So we can see it that way. But what about you, Marissa? What are ingenious techniques on how to improve one's confidence when speaking English for our viewers and listeners out there? Okay, well, um, there are some people who have an innate confidence in speaking a language. But if you're not one of them, then one thing I can suggest is surround yourself with supportive people who will prop you up instead of bring you down, you know, people who will encourage you to do better instead of demotivate you. This is very important because they're our support system. Now, number two is we have to keep in mind that nobody's perfect and that everybody commits mistakes. This is just like what Bea said. You know, I really have to mention this because I noticed that there are a lot of people who fear committing mistakes and that creates a huge drawback in building one's self-confidence. So we have to come to terms with the possibility of making errors. And then from there, we have to keep in mind that what really matters is being able to express what we have in our minds, you know, being able to communicate with other people. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Marissa. Great points there. Bea, do you have anything to add to that? Are there ingenious techniques you can share which help you and can help our viewers and listeners out there become more fluent in English? Well, yes, practice, practice, practice is the key for us to improve on our skills. Now, the question is, uh, where do you start? Well, you start by making, just like what Marissa said, our environment filled with English or for uh, those people who support us, right? But in terms of English language here, uh, you try to uh, fill your environment literally with English language, meaning you have to listen to English songs, you have to watch English movies, read English stuff, uh, stuff, and of course, think and speak in English. I think including these activities to something that you truly enjoy would definitely be a benefit for you. In my case, I enjoy reading lots of books like romance, mystery, um, even manga or manual, like the comics in Japan or maybe comics in Korean that is translated in English. As for the movies, I enjoy English musicals, classical music, and even Disney films. And because I enjoy it so much, at some point I was able to imagine and imitate how they speak. It was not perfect at the start, but what matters most is that you practice every day and strive to improve. Love that. I used to be a trainer in the BPO industry. I used to train communication and culture. And that's what I used to tell my trainees, watch English shows, read English books, listen to English music, and really surround yourself with English communicators out there because, again, practice, practice, practice can help you. And being exposed to it can really help you become more confident. And I love both of your points. The same point, actually, which is be open to making mistakes because when you make mistakes, the only way out of it is to learn from that mistake. So see it from that perspective. Thank you, Bea and Marissa. Now, when we kick off this episode, we also mentioned that, which kind of surprised me when I took a look at the surveys, it surprised me that 
our good English communication skills are said to die a slow death right now. And I'd like to pick your brain when it comes to this. Now, a number of studies show that Filipinos' communication skills are lagging behind those of our counterparts in other BPO locations. So who do you think should be the one to address this, Marissa? Okay, about that, you know what, I've also read about that lag in uh, English proficiency. Data are actually available to support that. And it is rather concerning, if you ask me. Now, about your question, who should address it? I believe that an issue of a nationwide magnitude cannot be addressed by a single entity alone. So that means everybody must participate. Um, This is where collaboration becomes an integral part of the solution. So what are these parts of solution? I will mention two. Uh, First is the government. The government's educational sector will be able to really play a role, a major role in resolving this. And I think they've already begun because they have some projects, initiatives to address this. Um, One example is CHED's NRGCCS, or the National Roadmap for Global Competitiveness in Communication Skills. So so it's one of their initiatives, and it proposes to adopt the Common European Framework of Reference or the CEFR for languages, which is a good or recognized metric for communicative competence. So that's a good thing because that means we will be standardized in terms of language assessment. Now, the second, um, the second component or factor would be the collective body of Filipino learners. You see, we have access to education, we have access to the internet, and the internet has an abundance of information, abundance of educational materials that we can use to improve ourselves. So there we go. I think that if we will use our resources, if we will do uh, these things, then we'll be on our way to resolving or addressing the issue. Collaboration is key. You are right, Marissa. Bea, do you have anything to add to what Marissa just shared with us? Yes. Well, I definitely agree with what Marissa said here. It's actually a teamwork here since it's actually a country's problem here. You know, um, I think a country isn't a country without its people. So we start with ourselves first. We start with the attitude, uh, with a positive attitude to learn uh, the English language. Okay. So in order for us to um, address this issue that we are talking about. Yeah. I love that there are already steps being taken towards community of better and more fluent speakers. I love hearing about the government's education sector taking a step as well with their CHED and RG CCS. So thank you for sharing that, Marissa. And I agree with both of you. It's a collaboration indeed. It's teamwork. So let's hope for a better future for everyone out there. But again, it takes two to tango. It's going to take the learners, the government, and of course, well, not two, in this case, three, the BPO industry as well, specifically. Now, we've talked about how our listeners and viewers and how we can improve our confidence when speaking in English. Bea and Marissa, thank you so much for lending us your expertise and sharing your knowledge and making us a little bit more confidently fluent. Let's move on to the next topic, though. This next topic is often seen as a very daunting part of the recruitment process, language assessments. 
So can you share your most memorable experience when you took the language assessment to apply for a BPO job, Marissa? Yeah, sure. I would say the most memorable is always the first time. I don't know why that is, but for me, I could still remember the first time that I tried to apply for a call center agent position. And I remember that there was a battery of tests, such as a spelling test, grammar test. There was even a listening test. I couldn't remember all of the exams, but I still remember. I distinctly remember how I felt. It was nerve wracking for me. So yeah, that's why I understand how our applicants feel whenever they go through language assessments. So So you also felt nervous and anxious when you first took that language assessment for your first BPO job. How many years ago was this, uh, Marissa, if you don't mind me asking? I don't mind. It's around a decade ago. Wow. (laughs) And I still remember. Imagine after 10 years, you still know how it felt. It really made an impression on me. It gave me goosebumps because that was my first job. Actually, I was in recruitment, giving out the language assessment. And it was exactly what you said. There was a spelling test, communication test, and listening exam. It was a computer-based assessment. So it just brought me back to that room. And I do remember applicants being nervous about it when they walk into that room, sit in front of their computers, and they're just, oh, what is this? What's happening? How can I become better at this? Well, you're in luck because we're going to talk about this later on. But first, Bea, what about you? Take us back to your first experience in taking that language assessment for your first BPO job ever. Well, I actually don't want to remember these things, but I'll share. Okay, I'll share. Um, so um, I took my language assessment at home because it was the pandemic. So meaning it was last year. Yeah. And then I wasn't really confident with my English language skills because I haven't used it in a while. I think all of my vocabularies have been positive and I don't know what to say in that kind of exam. So I was really, really nervous, just like what you guys have talked about. I was really nervous. I was really anxious. So one of the most memorable things that happened to me is that I tried to lock myself in my room. And then every time there's like a 30 seconds, I remember there's like a 30 seconds to prepare. I always yell, So I was really motivating myself that time. And then at that time, I think it really helped me at some point. Oh, I wasn't really nervous when I was talking to or when I was actually trying to answer. And then I remember there was this question that a customer is asking for like an internet plan. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know anything about internet plan. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I was like, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. So I can definitely offer you some internet bundle plan that is called the super duper fast um, internet plan. But the plan and it was super duper fast. I was like, oh my God. And then after that, okay, I don't know if I would be able to pass, but I hope I would be able to pass and then be at this job. And then that was it. You, you <laughs> it got was it. Super so you got it. It means you did yeah. well. But yeah. I do have a question, Bea. Did you put yourself on mute when you were motivating yourself and saying, kai wata, kai wata. <laughs> I can't remember, but I hope so. I hope I so. Hope I did. Yeah. But I think what really made me pass the exam is that I was actually applying for this job. I was applying in BXI. I think what helped me is the preparation that the language team has offered to the applicants itself. So, yeah. 
Good job, team. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful to know. And it's great that you're mentioning that now, Bea, because I want to break it down for our listeners and viewers out there who, like you, are feeling very nervous and anxious about the language assessment part of the process, of the recruitment process. So do you have tips on how to ace this language assessment, Marissa? I'm sure you both have experience in giving this to applicants, whichever level it may be for your role. But Marissa, what are your tips for those who are as anxious as you were a decade ago? (laughs) Okay, yeah, I have a lot of tips now, but my primary advice uh, for language assessments uh, would be to intently listen or read the questions or instructions first before thinking of your reply. Because some people become too nervous that they instinctively think about preparing what to say, even before an interviewer or an assessor finishes the question. So that is not the way to go, because if that's what we do, then there will be a huge tendency to fly off at a tangent, which is detrimental to a language assessment, because comprehension is usually a criterion in language assessment rubrics. Mm -hmm. So listen, don't only be a great English speaker because you can ace that, but then if you don't comprehend what's being asked or shared, then that's going to be a loophole as well. So listen well, comprehend well. Thank you, Marissa. That's wonderful. Now, what about you, Bea? Any tips on how to ace language assessments in the BPO industry? Okay. Confidence. Confidence with a beautiful heart. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's like one of the keys to ace an exam here. I know that there's like a lot of people that might disagree with me because they think that in order to ace an exam, they have to be really fluent in using the English language. But no matter how fluent you are, if you don't have the guts or the confidence to show it or to prove to your assessors that you have this potential, then you're just going to get tongue-tied or nervous to the point that you could have a mental block which, you know, may lead to, just like we said earlier, to struggles in using the English language, like fillers or pauses. And because of that, the assessors might think that you're struggling in using the English language. And in this kind of assessment, that is one of the things that we are really trying to hide. That's why you have to make sure that you are really confident here. Now, with a beautiful heart, um, I know it might sound like the Miss Universe pageant here. I know, that's but, why I, I had to smile. Yeah, and do the <laughs> I have the stats, right? <laughs> um, but this is really going to be helpful because as much as possible, trying to sound like we can relate to the situation, like we are really talking to that person in the language assessment is much better uh, rather than sounding like an AI robot. Because, you know, at some point, if you sound like this or sound hesitant with your answer, like, Oh my God, your assessors might think that you are cheating already. Okay, so you better keep this in mind. Yeah. Okay, confidence is key with a beautiful heart. And with confidence in yourself, you are your biggest supporter. And once you don't believe in yourself, then everything will not fall into place. So you have to remember to be confident in yourself and to support yourself as well, right, Bea? Just like that call when you were taking it a year ago and you were motivating yourself while on mute. Kaya moto, kaya moto. Okay. <laughs> now, let's face it though. So many out there are afraid of these language assessments. It's notorious and causing numerous applicants fail their applications with BPO companies. So can you help us debunk one misconception regarding the exam, Marissa? 
Yeah, there is indeed a huge chunk of our applicant pool that failed due to language assessment. So I'm not going to debunk that statement because it's true. And it is understandable. Yeah, it is really understandable because it's not our, you know, usually the target language which is English, is not our mother tongue. So, yeah. But uh, one thing uh, or one misconception that I could point out is the notion that language assessment is the only reason an applicant uh, might fail the, the job in the application. Uh, that's not the case at all because there are many other reasons uh, such as the attitude of the applicant, like, you know, how committed is the applicant? How much does the applicant want the job? Another is the propensity to succeed, right? Um, like, for example, the job requires sales skills. So well, that would be a special skill which will be assessed by interviewers or assessors. Another one might be educational background because there are some positions that require a certain educational attainment. So there are many factors. Language assessment is only one step in the selection process. Mm-hmm. That's a great reminder. A lot of factors come into place. So remember, attitude is key as well. Longevity in this industry is also taken a look at. And also your educational background and many other factors out there. So please keep that in mind. It's not just about your ability to speak in English. Bea, do you have anything to add? Would you like to debunk it? Um, Marissa shared, you know, it is true. A lot of individuals fail the language assessment, but it isn't just that that leads to failing in the recruitment process. What about you, Bea? What do you think about this? Well, I think a lot of applicants think that one of the reasons that they fail the exam is because they don't have enough knowledge or they didn't use any technical jargons during the assessment. But to be honest, I just want to share my experience again uh, when I started. In this company, I also don't have a lot of knowledge about the PPO technical jargons. I don't even have any PPO experience when I started, but I was still able to pass. Why? Uh, Because in this exam, there is no right or wrong answer, right? So uh, this is not just about the vocabulary, but also about being creative and imaginative on how we can communicate our help or our answers to the people in the assessment or the assessors. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that, Bea. I know that even if we encourage everyone and we share these tips with them, some will still have doubts because of the language assessment. So can both of you impart some inspiring wisdom for our aspiring BPO applicants out there listening in on this conversation? What can you tell them right now if they were right in front of you? Marissa? Okay. What I'm going to say is this. Uh, A great man once said, what you think you become. So believe that you can pass the language assessment and you're already halfway there. Now, another advice is to prepare because preparation is usually a source of confidence in oneself. So research about language assessments, practice the target language. And in case of BPO companies, usually the target language is English. So practice is speaking in English daily. And although it's not our first language, 
we have to incorporate it in our daily lives, you know, like speak it, practice as much as we can. And with these two things, believing in yourself plus doing the necessary legwork, I think, uh, you know, that's going to be really helpful. And I know we have been repeating this believe in yourself confidence, uh, you know, from the very beginning. It's just because we could not emphasize it enough. It's very important in order to succeed. I am a big believer of that. In fact, in my training classes before, I used to say, fake it till you make it because you really just have to believe in yourself and you really have to just do it. Know that there's an area for improvement, but if you keep practicing, if you do the legwork and if you believe in yourself, you're set for success. Thank you again, Marissa. What about you, Bea? You know, you shared your experience in the BPO industry. You said you had your recruitment process about a year ago, right? And you had no experience in the BPO industry, but take a look at where you are now. You're a part of the talent acquisition team. You're doing so great. You're confident when it comes to the English language. What can you tell those who, like you a year ago, had doubts because of the language assessment? Okay. Have no doubts. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> have no doubts, everyone. Yeah, just be good. Just chill, you know. Just like you guys said, have no doubts and, you know, believe in yourself. I know it's really easier said, you know, than done. But there is no person in this world who was not able to experience some bits of hardship before they get to where they are. So let's think of it this way, right? That you are applying here because you know that there is a chance for you to be in that role. So hold on to it until the end. And just also remember that not everyone is perfect in their job. I'm not that perfect. <laughs> um, so in this exam, you are just showing um, what you are capable of. So if you really think that you have the attitude and potential to be a part of this company, such as VXI, come on, <laughs> then be yourself and just show them what you have prepared. Let's go, guys. <laughs> I love how animated you are, Bea. I, I can tell you do read manga. Is that how you pronounce it? Manga? Yeah, manga. Be prepared. Be prepared, okay. guys. I, I, <laughs> we can do this. I love how you put it, too. It's simple. Don't have doubts. This is you showcasing what you can do. And there will always be, as Marissa and Bea have shared, there will always be a support system in BXI Philippines. So that's something that can be improved. Just show your confidence and show that you can do it and show what you're capable of. Thank you so much for sharing your experience, Marissa and Bea, and for giving us all these very informative and pragmatic language assessment tips. Truly helpful. I learned a lot and I can speak for our viewers and listeners out there. I'm sure they picked up a point or two and how they can be better in the recruitment process as well. Before we end our episode, once again, if I may add, your fear of failure should never be greater than your fear of missing out on a great opportunity. Aside from the tips shared with us today, you can also check out the wealth of information and numerous resources available online for you to prepare for your language assessment. 
before I let you go for today for this episode, Marissa and Bea, can you just share a few parting words with all the listeners and viewers out there who want to have a successful career in the BPO industry like both of you, especially in BXI Philippines? Marissa? Yep. Thank you very much for listening and for staying with us. We hope that our words provided you with encouragement in your BPO journey. Now, in case you're applying for a job, uh, please put VXI at the top of your list because it's a great place to build your career. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Marissa. Bea, what about you? Yes, everyone just put VXI on the top of your list here. They have good benefits. They also have good environment here. And other than that, everyone, I know it's really going to be hard to uh, have some assessments. Just do not be nervous, just like we said, and just be yourself. I know that we can do this one. Okay, so let's go, guys. Let's go. (laughs) I can't help but just mimic your moves there. Let's go. Okay, and kidding aside. I've talked to so many individuals from VXI Philippines. I know I'm but a host for our VXI conversations, but believe you me, guys, I've talked to so many individuals who have grown in this company and both Marissa and Bea are right. There's so much room for growth and you can build a career here like both of them have. So put VXIPH on the top of your list, like Bea said. And now that you're ready to knock that job interview out of the park, all that's left to do is decide which among our career openings you want to try out for. Believe you me, there's so many out there, so check them out. See them all on our official pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok at VXIPH. And send in your resume at careersph at vxi.com. Candidates with or without BPO experience are very much welcome to apply provided they are a graduate of at least high school, old curriculum, or senior high school with good English communication skills. I have loved having this conversation with both of you, Marissa and Bea, and I've loved all the learnings we had on this episode. I hope you have learned a lot as well. Another episode is coming right up, so join me again then. But for now, this is your host signing off. Bye, Marissa. Bye, Bea. And bye, everybody. Till next time. You just listened to VXI Conversations Season 2. To know more about VXI Philippines, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Hope to catch you on the next episode.